Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers, and touring techs in over 50 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help their guitars look, sound, and play their best. After two years of research and development and in collaboration with top guitar repair shops, Music Nomad developed in 2021 the keep it simple setup aka kiss and now thousands of guitar players from beginners to pros have learned how to set up their own guitar they demystified the guitar setup process by developing innovative precision gauges and tools combined with step-by-step general guidelines anyone can follow and set up their guitar to play and sound great with their KISS method and their gauges, you can check the vital areas of your guitar and use their toolkits to perform your own setups. They have a 24-page instructional booklet available in seven languages, downloadable for free, and many how-to videos, both by setup tasks as well as many complete setup video tutorials for popular brands such as Fender, Gibson, Taylor, PRS, and more. Not only is it fun, but a properly set-up guitar takes your playing and sound to a whole new level. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com. Their website has a very cool setup hub section where you can find everything you need to know so you can start setting up your guitar properly. Follow them on social media at, at musicnomadcare. Kiss your guitar with Music Nomad's Keep It Simple Setup. Matt, I've uh, I've got my a dad joke a day joke book to read from today. Okay. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Right. <clears throat> what did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? <laughs> Supplies. <laughs> To the Guitar Nerds Podcast, I'm your host Joe Branson, joined this week, once again, finally, after a three-week hiatus, Matt Knight. Hiatus indeed, Joe. Um, three, three whole weeks. Three, three, my whole weeks, yeah. Probably my longest 
<laughs> Longest time away, apart from yeah. maybe when I was apart in Japan. when you went to Japan, yeah. That yeah. Was it. And that was years ago. That was probably five, six years ago. That was six it? years ago now. Wow. Um, oh. But yeah, it's good to be back. I've missed it. Yes, I didn't want I've JD or, you know, one of I, the other yeah, ruffians Philip, to take Carter. my space. <laughs> yes, yeah, quite. Yeah, Philip Carter and JD have been, uh, have been picking up the slack. Um, but it's lovely. Slack. Yeah, exactly. But it is lovely to have you back. And um, I am exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't you always, Joe? Yeah, but I'm extra exhausted. I was playing a gig in London uh, last night. My old neck of the woods. Yes, in Ballum at at the Bedford, which is a wonderful little venue. um, So the Bedford is one of London, hosts one of London's oldest comedy clubs yeah the banana comedy club i think it's called um and basically everyone who's anyone has uh from british comedy has uh done some sort of stand up there they've had many an artist i think ed sheeran that's right they've got a quote from ed sheeran in the green room in fact yes and how much he loves the venue wrestling uh, a few times around there, they do wrestling because oh. I guess for uh, maybe American listeners, uh, I don't know, whoever's ever been to an English pub, it's a giant pub. Um, yeah. But they actually, they spent I think a million pounds renovating it during or just before COVID, and then it basically like completely shut down. But it's like two pubs in one with an entire venue out the back and in a a complete hotel above it um, in London's brunch capital of Ballum. <laughs> London, Ballum is the brunch capital, but it's a great venue. Very, very cool venue. Great venue. It's very got a Ronnie Scott's feel to it because it's mm. a, quite the quite theatre-like, the, the actual venue room. And in fact, Matt, it was a seated gig. So just like they do the comedy nights, it was all circular tables and little chairs around it in the in the pit. And of course, you can <laughs> you can stand on the second tiered bit and look down at the bands, or you can watch from the background where the where the bar is at the back. But um, it was uh, it was for an, an all day of festival called a Sunday in September, which is hosted by a uh, a, a group of people called London Prog Gigs. Right. And uh, they're fantastic. The guys who, Chris, who heads it up, London Prog Gigs, wonderful. Just a great little organization of prog, progressive rock enthusiasts who go to see a lot of prog gigs altogether and also host their own shows often at um, the Bedford. But it's proper old prog rockers. So the oh. the the average age of the audience and sort of the organisers is you know mid sixties, um, hence why it's a seated gig. But they're always so well attended and uh, they're always fantastic. And uh, we were we were very honoured to get uh, invited to play uh, that sort of show. It was uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. Of course, a lot of the other bands that play are old prog bands. Um, you know, so they've got like old prog names like the Emerald Dawn <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> I love know? it. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is so it was basically proper old school prog and they were like, yeah. what are these polymath ruffians yeah. doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we went down well, but I think, uh, yeah, um, the band before us turned up with two timpanies. Great. Oh, <laughs> I'm in already. A, a gong behind the drummer and a um oh what do you call it a um 
a concert bass drum. So that's, uh, I don't know, approximately a 50-inch, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, my God. Bass drum. It took up half the stage. I think he hit it twice. <laughs> that was just one band. <laughs> yeah, that was just... What was the average just... age of this band? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, actually, some of the members were a bit younger. The drummer was younger and the guitarist were younger. Because I think, really, they were sort of sessioning for this uh, one fella who had been... Um, who'd been going since the seventies and he was there with like, uh, he had, uh, I think, a, a Mellotron, but one of the new digital Mellotron. So he wasn't lugging a whole Mellotron in. Yeah. He had I was going to good- say no one's n- not even old proggers have got to be that <laughs> crazy. Surely. Yeah, exactly. He had a good old trusty Yamaha P 200, which is why my, one of my favorite, um, stage pianos. Uh, I, I think, I think they're, they're great. Like old stage pianos. It, the P 200 was introduced probably, uh, probably turn of the century around 2000. It was one of the first really good, uh, you know, digital stage pianos. Right. But it weighs 30 kilograms. <laughs> so it's a, it's a two man yep. lift. It's a big thing. And it has like built in speakers, but as well, which you can use as monitors because they're actually eight inch speakers that put, put out like 30 watts. So they're, uh, they're, they're actually quite substantial and sound good as well. So people often use those for monitoring in a show. But um, wow. it, but anyway, yeah, he had that and and a whole PC. I mean, a desktop. He brought a desk on with a PC and a screen and a mouse. But <laughs> hold on, what age of PC are we talking? Uh, are we I mean, talking like some sort of retro thing? <laughs> with uh... I mean, he he couldn't have been under eighty. Um, certainly, he uh, that the I won't name the band because uh, because to be honest, his patter in between songs left uh, a lot to be desired when uh, when it comes to uh, uh, outdated opinions on the world <laughs> oh, no <laughs> yeah oh god it was just ramblings of yeah oh. but but musically very very good um but yeah they were the band on before us and then there was a break and then we were on so of course i think were you the headliner or no there was just... one band over from chicago in the states that were on after us Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, us on before then. But um, it was our last show with our saxophone player, Chris Olsen. He's, he played the uh, the last gig. And, oh, actually, I'll tell you what, Matt. I uh, I turned up, sort of said my highs and everything, loaded in, went down to the green room to grab a beer. And there's a there was a fella that the organisers had em- employed. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I've immediately forgot his name after we were introduced oh i love he, that <laughs> he, yeah I, I do that so i'm so bad at that i go hi it's joe who are you and they go oh yeah keith and i'm like and, and it just goes in and then back out and i, oh, I wait, never... my name is joe oh wait yeah the conversation's <laughs> already gone in a totally different direction <laughs> yeah quite but um but yeah this uh this fellow was down there and uh and he turned around and uh you know so i was like oh hi mate how's it going he was like so tell me have you found your dream telecaster yet and it turns out he's a patreon supporter and uh, <laughs> and podcast absolutely listener. brilliant <laughs> but that was uh, so that was really nice oh um, nice yeah um on a slight tangent you're talking about yamaha pianos here's one yeah. for you joe uh-huh. uh because talking of old prog right. uh of My course yamaha of course yamaha very much at the forefront of the synthesizer revolution, especially for Keith Emerson of Emerson Lake and Palmer. Of course, one of the original, uh, ultimate old prog bands. Um, so Yamaha back in 1975 launched the GX one. So the GX one was an analog polyphonic synthesizer organ 
Right, that sounds great. Was, uh, I'll look it up. Basically, the ultimate <gasps> synth, but it was the first, oh. basically one of the first all polyphonic synth organs. So it's a three-tiered organ that comes with its own stand, set of foot pedals, and bench the stand yeah but isn't the floor piece also cut into it so yes. the, the 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 bass pedals on the floor dear listener are cut into what is a floor piece it looks like a uh, data's station in star trek next uh, generation exactly. but what made me think of this because you mentioned you had this old stage piano that you said what weighed 30 kilos is that what you estimated joe yeah it's um, 30 i know because i tried to buy one the other week <laughs> so the gx1 if you could afford one i don't think there's I'm any try- for sale anywhere yeah i'm just looking now i can't find um, any the gx1 uh, launched at $60,000 or the equivalent of $396,000 in today's money uh, at the NAM convention in 1973 and weighed a combined total right. of 951 kilograms what? or 2,096 pounds. What? Because the console weighed 300 kilograms. The pedal board and stand weighed 87 kilograms, each of which um, then came with four tube-powered speakers. Yeah, okay, so... Which weighed 141 kilograms each. Absolutely incredible. And I have found one, Matt, of the Yamaha EX1 synthesizers or organs. I've just put a link to it uh, in the in our little chat in uh, on, the, um, on the call. Um, so you can click on there. I'll share this on the group, on the Guitar Nerds group, fantastic. dear listener. Yeah, these, the speakers are amazing. The, the three-tier organ, the amount of controls. Oh, it just looks fantastic. Local pickup only. I know. That's a bit annoying <laughs> that they won't post it. And it's in Germany. <laughs> Uh, thirteen thousand two hundred two pounds and seventy nine pence when you convert into the euro. The pound's up against the euro at the moment, so I think maybe that's a deal, Matt. That's a steal. Well, here you go. So it includes the two TX three tone cabinets. Each cabinet contains fourteen speakers. Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, obviously Yamaha at the front of old forefront of old prog. I think yes. they only made something like. I remember talking to someone about this at work right. and I think they basically only made like a handful and they only went to like Stevie Wonder and Keith Emerson and right. oh and also Benny and Anderson of ABBA. Um <laughs> but imagine being the roadie for that it weighed t- it weighed a ton yeah. a literal ton. Um so be thankful that he didn't have that and be thankful we have um quad cortex and helix and uh that now joe you can just (laughs) you can run everything into monitors you can run everything into a computer um yeah so pretty bonkers yeah what was he actually using the computer for um it was so the the genre of that band was a symphony prog um and (laughs) so, (laughs) so i think um I think there was probably quite a lot of MIDI stuff because the, right. the the the, the P two hundred, I believe, is MIDI compatible. But maybe one of the other keyboards were. So I imagine he because there were a lot of strings and things being sequenced, and he was the only the the other band members were a bass player, two guitarists, and the drummer. So he was having to do a lot of the legwork, I think, for any backing. Any um, any drum solos? Old prog seems to be full of at least what every album seems to have at least one drum so that you sort of don't realize you're in until about halfway through and you're like, 
Only, <laughs> yes, it's <Yeah>. a drum solo. <laughs> only the band that played after us. Only drum solo I heard. Uh, right. Okay. It, was, it was good. It was good. Nice. In fact, uh, th- that was the Chicago band. And um, I met their, obviously, I met their bass player. They were traveling light. They were on tour, but traveling super duper light. So they had very, very little stuff and were borrowing an awful lot of our stuff. But it turned out their bass player was actually uh, a Tim Sizer, who. Uh, owns lowdown custom bases uh, which are a custom base brand in from chicago obviously from chicago right so that was cool we got cool. to talk about bases and stuff like that in true like base luthier fashion of course he turned up with some super poplary burled six string <laughs> oh yeah it's like what's the most ridiculous wood <laughs> yeah, and how many strings can i fit on this exactly exactly um yeah. no one builds a you know four string <laughs> p bass yeah exactly um it's got to be like yeah something ridiculous indeed but, uh, but uh what about you then joe what was your normal rig of my, choice well my normal rig i took two of the neo um 112 ashdown bass cabs because they're super light super portable really lovely i took the little original 500 head which is their tiny teeny wee head with just a five band eq on it i actually leave everything flat because i do everything off of the eq on my board i've started using the geezer the ashdown geezer butler preamp on my board so that's that's doing actually the amp oh, sound that's the two channel one with the two vu meters in that's right yeah two two vu so you've got meters. A, i mean that's pretty ton. Like it's pretty old prog for you right there, isn't it? <laughs> it's very, yeah, exactly. But that was it. I was quite um, sort of uh, old prog, old rock uh, set up, really, because I have my Roger Waters signature precision oh, bass. I bet they love that. Uh, oh, yeah, that, oh, or or a, Pink Floyd, a Pink Floyd too popular to be cool <laughs> in the old, no. old prog scene. No, no, there were a few Pink Floyd t-shirts. i tell you what, I, uh, I, um, when we were sound checking, I played Money, <laughs> the bass line from oh. Money, and uh, I got, I, I think I got a round of applause just for that from the few Excellent. people that were knocking around at the back during the sound check. Excellent. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was great to, great to use that. i tell you what, the guitarist in the headlining band, because he didn't have an amp, and, um, they had uh they had a katana the venue had a, a boss katana no he they? was yeah he was ah. uh, it, yeah it was great um they had a fender frontman and a boss katana which you know the fender frontman used to be the amp that a lot of venues had because it was very affordable and it looks like a fender and it doesn't have valves in it so uh, you know ideally it's going to be very reliable you can spill drinks on it and it still works that sort of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but of course they never really sounded very good the frontman wasn't a great amplifier it was the bad one by any means but it really is it's not a great amp they, they served a purpose exactly and that, that purpose is- was to amplify <laughs> young <some> punk sound. <laughs> kids um and uh yeah make a noise exactly which is fine Exactly, but uh, I I really feel like the katana should start to fill that gap in a lot of venues. Like you couldn't spend less money on an amp if you tried, and it's versatile and brilliant. But this uh, this guitar player, he had a sir. I think it was a sir. I didn't actually see the headstock look sir like. Um, But uh, but he was um, needed like a high gain, quite modern guitar sound. Um, He was he was very pinch harmonic proggy (laughs) sort of thing, Um, and he had his pedal board and he had like a a little i didn't see what it, what it was but he had a preamp on there um and we were i, I was sort of backstage they were talking about what they were going to do and he was saying oh they've just got a, the the katana there so maybe i'll just go direct into the front house 
And I was sort of had to step in and be like, oh, I'm sorry, mate. You know, if, if you used a katana before and he was like no but you know they're they're like just it's just not affordable um, by an effects pedal company and i had to be like no 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 it's a fantastic amp and so i got talking to him about it and i was like you know it depends what you need because if you want a clean amplifier if you're using all your dri- drives there you can't you know you can't get can't do better than a katana for for loads of headroom clarity as clean as you like I'll, I'll show you how to set it up for that sort of thing and uh because of course there's the trick with the using the master volume and yeah, the volume yeah, yeah. to really get all that lovely warm headroom i was like also he was like no i really i want the amp to do a, a, a lot of gain and i was like well that's also fine because the you know the the high gain the setting the brown sound on the on the amplifier is uh what, what do they call that on the katana it doesn't matter. What, the brown sound? Yeah. It's just called brown. Oh, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why I was getting so confused. I was like, but you've said what it <laughs> yeah, is. I didn't did know if they had some funny name for it, like call it, I don't know, sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, HP source or something like that. No, you know? no, it's called brown because right. everyone knows what that means. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so I showed him how to set it up. And you know what? He sounded great, Matt. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I just you know that it's so it's it's difficult isn't it because it's one of those things that you know we talk about a lot and it's one of those products that like the Baja Telly like the Blues Junior like many yeah. other things that we've talked about many times it just it is good it works but it not only works it works beyond expectations yeah yeah exactly but, as you just described there you know I think and for me, you kind of always, that's an inevitable question of like, you know, if Fender make 40,000 guitars a year in the Mexican factory, like where do they all go? And you just realize <laughs> there's so many people that still haven't picked up that type, that a Mexican Fender or an American Fender or, you know, like say they're like a guitar. It's like, yeah. you know, possibly the biggest selling amp of the last few years. And there's still people that are like, ah. Uh, don't know the look of it. I haven't even tried it. Well, exactly. You know? I mean, this guy obviously had taste. His board was very nice. He had some great, um, you know, some great pedals there. The certainly the gear, the band in general had very nice stuff. What little stuff they brought. His mm-hmm. guitar was obviously three grand plus. You know, yeah, nice pedal setup. I think he just hadn't tried a katana because the katana's a three hundred dollar amp. You know, the, well, the, it was just that he'd written it's it one off of those things, as a budget it? piece of equipment because we're so used to. In the guitar world, you get what you pay for, but there, there are occasionally exceptions to that rule. I think um, having, I guess we forget having worked in a guitar store or guitar stores, you know, for a decade, that actually some people just want the most expensive thing. You know, yeah. I certainly remember times it's like, oh, what sort of budget have you got? And they're like, like no budget and you're like but you must have some sort of budget and they're like no just just show me and you're like oh, okay well let's you know you don't want to go in with the three grand custom shop or then three grand custom shops so you go with american stand and they're like what what's the level up from this and then like basically what's the most expensive one <laughs> yeah. um Drink and i remember customer there. you know they, there's been times you know there have been times where people just go in and be like point at a 10 grand guitar and go cool can i buy that one yeah. and you sort of like, do you want to plug it in they're like oh, i just, just want to buy it um 
So, you know, you forget that some people do write off. Um, you know, maybe that's not the case for this person, but there are some people that just go, you know, I've got the money, so I'm going to buy the best. And the best is the most expensive one rather than going, what do I need? They're just going, what can I spend it on? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, so. thanks for doing my work for me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. No worries. Uh, and maybe he went and bought a guitar, and uh, you know, that's another one. That's another one. So it's your commission. Your there you go, yeah. point, Your your Spotify zero point zero one pence. I'll, I'll add it into the. Uh, I'll add it into the the kitty. <laughs> thanks very much. Thanks. But um, uh, yeah. So w- I. Uh, we finished that show. I didn't drink too much at the show, you know, because it was our first show for a couple of months. I knew I had a lot of work to do today. Um, but I, it, then I, I missed the last train back to Angmering, so I had to stay at my guitarist's place when we got back around midnight. And then he had a bottle of Jameson's Black Label, which is very nice. So we thought we'd have one and listen to a bit of a record. Um, yeah, we sort of. Just drank the whole bottle. Drank the whole bottle, yeah. <laughs> Went to bed at like 5 a.m. Oh. And, and then at 7 a.m. he had to get up to go to work. And so I had to get on a train over here and I really had to work today. So I am absolutely exhausted. Oh, no. <laughs> here at Guitar Nerds, we are massive fans of string joy guitar strings and you should be too. Strings are such a fundamentally important part of being a guitarist and a guitar nerd, which you all are, yet often when it comes to strings, we overlook them, we spent years just buying the handful of standard sets out there, instead of seeking out the same quality we look for in our guitars, effects and amps. Scott at Stringjoy and the Stringjoy team are massive nerds about guitars and guitar strings, and they've worked very hard to create extremely high quality sets of electric, acoustic, bass and mandolin strings, both in a broad range of gauges and the unique option to custom design your own set, which has frankly become an essential for me to explore alternate tunings and try new things. Stringjoy strings are available at stringjoy.com and at 400 plus dealers across the globe. If your local store doesn't stock Stringjoy yet, ask them to. But on the positive side, um, you did get your dream teddy. Joe. I did. I finally did it, dear listener. I uh, yeah. I uh, I made the decision with the help of Philip Carter. Actually, I uh, from Forty Watt Podcast. I'd, I'd just I'd I realised that I wasn't. I know it sounds like a little thing, dear listener, but I just wasn't going to accept a nine and a half inch radius on what's supposed to be a fifty two. If it was going to be, you know, a proper Blackguard Telecaster, it had to have the things that the old Blackguard Telecaster had. One of those that's always changed is the 7.25 radius. So my only two options are the the Japanese uh, TL52, which is very good, and the American Vintage, um, and of course American Original. American Original, they do a 51. American Vintage, they did a 52. The American Vintage guitars were what existed from the start of 2000 to around 2020, I guess. Right. Um, And then it's been American Original after that. So those were the choices. I know I have Custom Shop, Dear Listener, and other things, but those are the two that I'd nailed it down to. And the problem with the Japanese TL52s is they don't do butterscotch properly. It's not actually butterscotch. It looks, it's just plain wood. 
you know, it's just mm. a light mm. wood. Or at least they, they just don't stain it in a way where it looks like those old 52s do. So I was giving these two options to Philip and he was like, you'll just be unhappy if you don't just spend the money. So I was like, right, fine. I, I will. And there was, there was, now the American vintages normally go for like, 17 1800 and um i found one for for a bit less on reverb sent an offer uh through see if i could get even more off and um and i got a message back just accepting it i was like oh well you know i expected them not to go for it <laughs> for the low ball <laughs> well there you go <laughs> and they went for it and i was like oh okay fantastic so i have uh an american vintage 52 Telecaster, Butterscotch, Blackguard. Now, the things that were different about this one, because of course it's secondhand, came, still came with the ashtray cover. Yes, I got the ashtray tr- cover for the bridge pickup. Still came with a strap and all this stuff in the lovely tweed case, dear listener. Um, the only thing that had changed is they had, um, swapped in one of the four way, um, pickup selectors like you get in the Baja. So you have your three positions, uh, you, you have bridge, uh, neck and bridge neck and then the fourth position is the bridge in the neck and series so you get a, a, a more modern humbucking sound which i do not want um so i um fortunately it came with the original harness as well so and the original for the 52 doesn't give you bridge bridge neck neck it gives you bridge neck neck with the tone rolled off yes which because Leo designed those original Telecasters to be basses as well as guitars. The idea of that neck position with the tone rolled off is that you play bass lines with your thumb on a Telecaster. So you could have a band with two guitar players with the tellies. One of them could do the bass line for one song, the other do the guitar line, and they could switch around. That was how he envisaged it. Well, because I guess what... So the first telly, well, the snakehead telly, the original one was, what, 49? Yeah. Then the broadcaster was 1950. Yeah. And what, P-Bass was 51? Yeah, 51. So, you know, you've got a telly, you know, and then you've got the no-cast, and then, yeah, you come to the telecaster, so yeah. 51, 52. So I guess, you know, some people weren't going to buy a bass. I mean, oh, electric yeah. bass wasn't even a thing at that point, really, exactly. was it? You know, Fender... Well, exactly. They they constantly were that, trying so. to sort of you know, they, it, for the first ten twenty years of electric bass, so many companies weren't sure it was going to stick around. You think about how differently just Fender and companies in general looked at bass when it first started. You know, look at Gibson's first offering, the EB one that came mm. out like fifty three, fifty four, something like that, and um, that you know that came with that looks a bit like the EB one dear listener looks a bit like a, viol- a Hofner violin bass, but it's actually solid. It has painted on f holes and it came with a telescopic um sort of bit that fits into the stand that fits into your bottom strap button so that you could play it standing up because they also figured well most bass players don't know how to play a guitar you know across their neck they're used to playing a double bass so we'll Mm. make this play like a double bass that was why the aesthetic was supposed to look like a double bass and all the rest Obviously, Fender went for the P-Bass, and that took off a lot more. Um, but, you know, they it wasn't like they were happy with it. Look at the – they released the Bass 6 only a decade later to try and redefine how bass was going to be played. The Bass 5 as well, 14 frets and five strings mm. with a high C. You know, I so- think um, 
interestingly, on a bit of a, I guess, slightly related, but a bit of a side note, I was reading, uh, I think it was Guitarist magazine or Total Guitar had a 150th anniversary, Epiphone 150th anniversary kind of uh, article. And they were talking about the kind of story about how Gibson came to own Epiphone. And originally they thought they were just buying the bass business because they had a really successful bass business doing upright basses. Right. Uh, you know, because even then, so we're talking, yeah, you know, the, the, um, I think this was 1950s, you know, they were, that was, everyone was playing acoustic bass. I mean, the electric guitar was so new. Most people didn't know what to, to do with it. Yeah. You know, realistically, it's yeah, it's it's mad how far we've come in such a short space of time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, I'm, I've also got some green pickups. Oh, green pickups are fantastic, dear listeners. You should absolutely check them out. Um, I did a little video uh, of me unboxing the green pickups I got sent. So I I got them to make me a proper fifty one style Alnico two and Alnico three. Um, set what was in of- there already? Uh, well, they were the Fender, the American vintage 50. Uh, they're just their vintage pickups. You know, Fender hadn't done like a, this is like the 52s. It's like, it's a bit like how they do Squire classic vibe 50s. Right. Telecast. You know, it's the pickups are like, this is roughly a, around this time. But I, I don't think they're, they're not amazing. They're not blowing my socks off. You know, the, the pickups, they're good. They're good. Right. Really good. But I just thought, you know. Why not put something amazing in them? So green pickups seem like a really good shout for that sort of thing. They've aged them. I've got like aged 51 style pickups to go in there. So they look super cool. They're going to sound great. I know the build quality is fantastic. So I'll do demos and stuff as soon as I fit them. I need to get that done. Um, which nice. Will be soon, but it's going to be great. I bought the guitar from a... Uh, from a shop on Reverb, and I should have gone to them direct because we ended up talking afterwards. Uh, and I didn't really realise until I came to pay for it. I was like, oh, because you never look at the shop. You're just, you know, you're looking at the instrument. But it was this little Manchester guitar shop called Rigby Music. Um, and they are absolutely fantastic. Like a really cool shop. They, in fact, do these awesome... Uh, like parts caster style guitars that I often see. I even thought about commissioning one. They do like affordable, it's almost sort of semi-custom shop. So they'll build and refinish whatever you want. You know, right. so you, you could, I could have had a 51 <laughs> made from them or something weird and wacky. They, they do great prices on it, but I'd noticed their books had just closed. And to be honest, I was always a bit worried about like resale on doing something like that. So I knew I wanted to go for, for that. But I started talking to the the team at, at Rigby Music afterwards. I'm gonna I'm gonna read actually because I asked them for a bunch of information on the shop and I'm gonna read it straight from the the reply because it's so good. It's quite it's very eloquent and th- I think the shop is fantastic. It's the guitar and bass shop.co.uk is Rigby Music, dear listener, if you want to go and check that out. But um okay. <clears throat> so so here we are. I'll just read it straight off there. I opened the guitar and bass shop one year ago after years of repairing and setting up guitars as a side to a 20-year-old a 20-year career in teaching. 
He's a good person. Uh, during COVID, I identified the um, a need for people to come to talk, not just about guitars, but a friendly space where you could have a coffee and relax. Also, my wife wasn't too happy about having 30 guitars in the dining room being repaired all the time. The core principle is accessibility. So that means providing accessible secondhand instruments. Whilst he does stock some very high-end stuff, uh, I make sure everything is set up and playing great, whether it's £100 or £3,000. Music lessons shouldn't be for the rich. Our group lessons provide really accessible, uh, really accessible way into music. And, um, uh, and in regular events uh, that they host, custom instruments they also feel should be accessible to pro musicians not just the super rich. This extends to our work with charities such as uh, uh, Olympus Music and Arc Stockport, uh, where I provide instruments and service. Uh, last year, I gave away 40 guitars to people who may otherwise have not been able to afford to access wow. music, along with, a, along with a lesson, and we're very open to donations. Each of these guitars is fully set up and repaired to make sure it's a great playing experience. The custom builds I make are complete one-offs with each one being completely unique with builds, including everything from tribute guitars to Neil Young to in offset form, which I'll talk about in a minute, dear listener, um, uh, reverse jazz masters, offset baritones to a current project to raise money uh, for Levensham Pride, where you can win a rainbow guitar, one that's layered up in classic Fender colors and then relicked back to reveal a rainbow. Uh, like it. Yeah. I like it. That's the kind of thing I'd have. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I specialize in Cuda casters. I've shipped these out to several countries and he plays electric slide guitar. There is a strong reuse and recycle ethos in the shop. Custom builds often include various parts customers already have. The shop has become a large part of the Levenshaw life and I have now moved into being full time with a highly successful first year behind us. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
that was uh yeah I'll, I'll i'll leave it there that's uh that was kind of the shop but it's it's doing brilliant stuff for his community great stuff for charity i love the idea of this pride guitar that sounds super cool but you should check it out dear listener the guitar and bass shop.co.uk um there's information in, on the where did you say in manchester uh yeah i think it's manchester he said levelsham which i i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> i have absolutely no idea where things are as soon as they're north of london <laughs> <laughs> that's fine yeah that's fine <laughs> but um but some of the stuff is absolutely fantastic if you look at the the builds you know one of the the first build dear listener that comes up uh if you click on the custom stuff on rigby music is um a fiesta red telecaster with matching headstock and a like a gold foil in the middle uh, and that's it that's the only pickup and then just like a simple bridge love it it's it looks great love it um so now that you've got your guitar from this um store then joe what's next what's the next dream guitar how are you moving on to the next one <laughs> no no uh, that's the point I, I i need to stop now that's it i'm so happy with my p bases i'm really happy with this telecaster i'm just i guess i'm more fendery than i realized i was but that is actually something i was thinking about the other day i was like i really should have a good gibson you know what i'm missing right now something very vintage right so uh so i don't know We'll, we'll see. Maybe. Well, we've got Guitar Summit around the corner. Maybe there'll be something. Uh, maybe there'll be something there. Oh, yeah. we'll, have to, we'll have to see. Actually, I don't know if they've got it this year or not. I'm just, I'm just on their website because the year that I went, I think, which was quite a few years ago now. Uh, yeah, they are doing it five minutes away from where the Guitar Summit is there's also the guitar summit flea market which right. i think is like a second hand um kind of setup where basically no a bunch idea. of people can go and sell stuff um I had and no that idea will take this was a thing yeah it will take place this year just right down the corner from the event hall um and i guess yeah for any listeners who might be there will be there all weekend so if there's any Bratons that you know are going, we should check out. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. The um, uh, the I, I was looking through the list, and Matt, you and me are obviously we're going to have a little bit of a chat about what we want to see and who we want to talk to while we're there. But I did, in fact, see something. Ah, uh, here we are. They replied to me. A company called On Guitars. O N, like to turn on a thing. Okay. Um, on guitars, if you check them out on Instagram, um, so they are listed actually as, um, uh, so it's Christoph No or Noe. He's listed himself as an entrepreneur on Instagram. So I think it's very much a little one man operation, but very modern bass guitars and, and, and guitars as well. Um, kind of modern meets retro, lots of pop colors and pinks and things Ooh. like that you'd be very have you said have you found a, a little thing I there have. That? Yeah. yeah like um reminds me a little bit of the kind of the guitars l- l- just a tiny bit of the um harmony juno oh, right. kind of vibe that sort of small body yeah i think they've got a bit of a millimetric feel to them yeah they're, oh they're yeah s- absolutely they're yeah. sort of quite quite modern, but uh, but they've got a they've got a short scale bass called the Pit Pit Four Fifty One, uh, which they've they put up. That that's what I I saw, and they said 
I saw that on Instagram and they'd said that this guitar was going to be at Guitar Summit. So I like reached out and was like, oh, this looks awesome. I want to play this. <laughs> but it's um <laughs> What did they say? Did they say, Who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, stop messaging me. <laughs> How did you get this number? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but yeah, it's uh thanks to the asymmetrically wound coils, you get a single coil sound without compromise, and additionally a fatter, more modern sound if you go for humbucking mode so that's pretty cool two pickups that can be jazz bassy or i guess music man stingray e which is pretty cool but um wow, yeah nice. they look great look really clean sort of retro modern um, i think the um the cool thing about the guitar summit show there's definitely some big brand names there but not the big ones aren't there as it were uh, but you yeah. get a lot of european yeah um sort of brands and sort of boutique brands i was just having a look but unfortunately our friends uh voran seiku guitars and grouter effects don't look like they're going to be there this year oh which, really that's a that's a, um, a surprise which is a shame but a lot of guitar brands uh, there'll be so many there'll be so many guitars so yeah. many strange guitars um lots of yeah I was so I, I'd had enough beers last time that I was very close to putting a deposit down on a Nick Huber. Ah, um, but I did. I wonder if they'll if they'll. I'm sure they'll be. Yeah, I was just having a look through. There, yeah, they were there last year. They had a a, a really big stand um, uh, upstairs. There's like a on the top floor of Guitar Summit, or is it the top floor? I think it's the yeah. Top they floor. have the um, Guitar Heaven. Yeah, is that's that what it. They call yeah, it? and it's just all like it's like companies like Shabbat guitars and nick huber and uh you know those people that that other company that none of the guitars are really designed to be played they're all works of art oh yeah yeah oh no grouter will be there i just spelt uh his name wrong I see. um yeah let's have a look i'm trying to see there's a lot of brands here that are like first time as well so oh, i think really? there's gonna That'd be, be some new brands there um I would certainly. I mean, I'd love another Nick Huber, but definitely can't afford. Oh, there's, yeah, there's so Nick much. Huber. I had a bit of. A, I've probably told this on the podcast before, dear listener. Probably a year ago, but you know, after we did guitar summit, but I got into a bit of an embarrassing situation with Nick from Nick Huber, where I was sort of talking to him about you know maybe putting down a deposit, and I was like, uh, I, I was talking about one of the bases that he makes, and I was like, uh, yeah, um, I was like, what are they like, uh, like four, 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 four K? He's like. Seven. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I uh, see. <laughs> yeah, no, Nick Huber will be there. Um, I should see if uh, my friend still works there who sorted out the uh, Krauss form, which I was playing uh, this very morning. Really? Were you now? Um, but yeah, I would love, well, they make a lot of great guitars, but the one that, I would certainly be keen on buying the Surfmeister because I think that is such a cool, cool guitar. Yeah. Um, but they make some. They make. I love their bass. Their bass. We've talked about it before, but their bass yeah. is awesome. Yes, it is incredibly cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll be off there in ten days' time. So we'll uh, we'll certainly have a podcast full of. How much did Joe drink and what did he buy? <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't know, uh, dear listener. I, um, I haven't worked out whether or not there'll be a podcast that week because, unfortunately, it will fall over when the podcast would be released. Me and Matt are going to try and record one when we're there. It's really going to depend on whether or not I can get the internet 
to up you know enough quality internet to upload a that's big always podcast. the key isn't it yeah exactly so we'll see we'll see what occurs um we'll play it back. if not we'll do a bumper episode exactly the week after exactly now dear listener don't forget you can still you are still it's the final days now of your chance to win a chapman uh m m l one x i always forget the the numbers and letters fantastic guitar by chapman a lovely simple hss strat style guitar and a very tasteful dark ash finish all you've got to do is fill in this form um the link is in the description of this podcast it's also all over the guitar nerds group on facebook all you've got to do is fill in the form telling chapman what you would like to see from what you know your dream specs are in a guitar they love they love uh, getting that sort of feedback from people so that they can design by committee or you know at least make things that are hopefully going to be popular with different demographics and they're interested in your demographic dear listener the guitar nerds listeners so far um it looks like i had an update i think we've uh I think we're we're on around five hundred entries now. Wow. Amazing. Um and uh it looks like yeah, so it looks like an, an offset shape is still the most popular. Um T style has gained a little ground since last week when we spoke about it, but the offset shape is still the most popular. Um P ninety um has gotten gone into the lead for bridge pickup now over humbucker no oh sorry wrong way around p90 in the neck humbucker in the bridge no middle pickup a satin finish um is ahead of gloss because obviously dear listener none of you have any taste and a semi-translucent one color paint job standard six in line headstock no trem five-way blade Although a three-way toggle is hot on its heels for there, but uh, mm. that, that is the that is the current spec. Doesn't sound too much like a total homer, so it's all right. <laughs> no, exactly. And don't forget, I think uh, it's probably going to be next week, or maybe we start after Guitar Summit when we're going to start designing a guitar that actually will be built, which is the uh, Pro Guitar, the Vintage Pro Guitar Shop instrument. Uh. Yes. We've got to start that soon. <laughs> you also need to get in touch with uh, Grez and find out where our uh, <laughs> where our, our, ba- our baritone basics yeah. one pickup pink oh, it's gonna be the monstrosity best. is. I want it. <laughs> Did we say pink? I can't, I can't remember. remember. <laughs> no, I think we said I think we said we might have said white. I can't remember. We'd have right. to go back. They, we need to go back and remind him of the specs to make sure he's building it correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that it only it only popped into my mind the other day because I was reading a I think it was Vintage Guitar Magazine. I think it was an advert for them in there. Just one of the American guitar magazines have so many more adverts really? than guitarist or Total Guitar. See, there is a, there is an the, advert every three or four pages. I think. In Guitar World, I think there's something like 11 pages of adverts before it what? actually gets to, like, the start. Wow. 
<laughs> well, I mean, we shouldn't, um, you know, we shouldn't dismiss that there are a lot of ads on this podcast at the moment. I really should put a limit on them. <laughs> <to be honest>. <laughs> <laughs> or you just sign up to the wonderful Patreon, exactly, and help keep yeah. us afloat. Yeah, if you if you're a Patreon listener, you, you have, you know, you 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 have never been getting better value for money than you are now. <laughs> mm, indeed, indeed, you're certainly cutting out a lot of ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's what keeps us alive. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, um, I mean, actually, I will. I, I want to talk about uh, a little bit about one of our advertisers, actually, isotope.com, who have obviously worked very closely with the podcast for years and years. Dear listener, all the podcasts of, you know, for certainly the last, I don't know, three, four years have been edited using isotope software using their their vocal stuff to clean up matt and my audio and using their ozone mastering software to you know bump all the volumes up so that it's at the right volume and you know make it sound all coherent it's very good it's very good software dear listener They've just updated a bunch of stuff. So they've released a new version of Ozone. Isotope are now owned by Native Instruments. So that means that when those things come out, it's also in line with new Native Instruments. And Native Instruments have just released Guitar Rig 7 Pro. I will remind you, dear listener, there is a Guitar Nerds discount code um, on any of the Isotope stuff. And this is a pretty good time to get it because they it applies to everything, I'm pretty sure. And they have their music production suite, which includes all of their things. So Neutron and Nectar, which are like vocal editing, things like that. And then things like Neoverb, which are fantastic, like Reverb. Ozone, which is their mastering software. And wonderfully, um, Guitar Rig 7 Pro. I think all the things together are about $4,500 to buy. Wow. Um, and you get... Uh, I, the package reduces that by $3,800. So it's a really good deal. <laughs> or, you know, you can buy a couple of them individually and it's probably the same price. Um, so it's worth looking at the music production. Harvig as well. What an absolute legendary piece of software. Oh, it's so good, Matt. Why haven't I... Do you do you do you use Guitar Rig? Have you used it? I haven't used it until I... they sent me seven, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll have a look at this." I've been singing the praises of Helix Native recently, but I was like, "I'll have a look at Guitar Rig Seven. It's amazing." Well, I uh, just before I went on holiday, I had a good visit uh, in Brighton with my. Uh, or our dear friend, uh, Rabia, uh, who's now got his new studio space down in uh, Brighton. Brighton, yeah. And we were talking a lot about those kind of rigs because obviously he's got, uh, he's a Quad Cortex endorser, he's got his own plug-in, and, you know, he's doing, I think he announced he's doing a new band. Uh, he played me some of the stuff. It sounds amazing. And we were talking about how he rehearses in there and so much of, and we were talking about what he does on Frog Leap and you know, everything he does like for Frog Leap or in the studio, he's like quad cortex and his plugin. He's like, it's just so quick. It's so easy, but he's like, it still doesn't. I still, if I'm going out and playing gigs and when we do this new band, I want to take my two amps. I want to take my pedal board. Mm. And I think he's just really struck that balance, which I think most of us fall one side the same side, which is oh, I'll never use plugins because they don't feel the same. They don't sound the same, but it's just realistically, it's just different tools for different jobs. Yeah. And, you know, he was just playing me some of the guitar sounds. Just get so many monstrous guitar sounds 
direct into his computer through his plugins. Yeah. And his plugins have got these this great synth sound on it. You know, he's got all this cool stuff on um quad cortex. There's all this like detune and retune stuff that you know, it's just really, really good. And he's like, it serves a great purpose. He's like rehearsing in the studio. Everyone in the band, apart from the drummers on in ears through quad cortex. And he's like, it's great. But he's like, we plugged in the dual Kraken rig through his pedal board. And we're like, it sounds absolutely monstrous. Um, so, you know, I think things like guitar rig I have used, but again, because I'm not in the situation where that benefits me, I don't yeah. use it. Right. I think if I was doing a lot of recording, um, maybe. Also, for someone like me, I guess, who uses a lot of pedal and makes a lot of ambient guitar sounds for a lot of different pedals, is a plug-in the best thing? I don't know. Well, it depends how, you know, there's always the option with a, a little bit of very simple MIDI um, uh, you know, uh, path making that was a weird sentence uh midying <laughs> let's call it midying um with some simple midying uh you can you know you can assign stuff onto a, a little switcher use something like that that bluetooth what was it the ev1 the bluetooth expression pedal that boss yep. released actually i was messing around today with the fs1 which is the right. three button um bluetooth yeah um, switch again yeah, exactly. Things like that work out really well. I, okay, so what I loved about Guitar Rig 7 Pro, as opposed to a lot of guitar amp plugins, is that they're just the amplifier. Maybe there are a couple of choice effects to go with it, but then anything else you're applying is exists outside of that plugin. So how it interacts with it is going to be weird, you know. If mm. it, you know, you, you can't put a separate reverb before the cab you know but after the after the amp head for example you know everything would have to sit outside of the plugin the cool thing about guitar rig 7 in much the same way as helix it has everything you could possibly need so it's got loads of rack gear on there loads of effects loads of amplifiers and loads of cabs and it gives you an effects chain that you can make mono or stereo and you can do interesting things with that there's so much stuff like the presets that they have are excellent because it's native instrument it's it has that they have that quite unique uh interface where everything's done on almost keyword searching Mm. Um, rather than sort of flicking through a great menu, which you you can do as well. But they have a great range of presets that are already built in. I was trying out some of their gorgeous, like, uh, they do a wonderful, like, uh, AC box, uh, you know, Vox AC30. They've got a great range of SVTs, which I thought sounded fantastic for bass, and just some really good reverb, great shimmers, but gorgeous, lush-sounding tremolos. And with these things, the first thing, whenever I've got a guitar amp plug-in, I know it's going to do very clean very well, and I know it's going to do high gain very well, because that's bread and butter for plugins. It's trying to sound like a real amplifier that you know, is what I want to do. I want to see if it works like that. I loved this. I I couldn't quite tell how much of it was because I'm now playing everything on my Telecaster and I love my Telecaster. So I couldn't work out how much was the telly just being better than anything else ever uh, and how much of it was the plug-in. But, um, you know, I thought it sounded great. And it it um, has like a cabinet IR loader on there as well. So, you know, you can add all your your favourite IRs 
into guitar rig and have them interact with the pedals i think um what's funny i remember i think it's probably a year or so ago i think rabia posted on instagram just like this massive riff like huge distorted guitar sound and they just like turned the plug-in off and it's like dunk, dunk, <laughs> dunk, 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 dunk. Uh, and just how funny everything like how much it just totally yeah. totally changed your guitar sound i think for me i always just want something a little bit more hands-on but you know yeah. maybe when i've when i've moved and i've got my new setup I don't know when I, because I've only got a little bit of time to spare. Perhaps it's always just for me. I'm just like, I'll just plug into an amp and a bunch of pedals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, but well, I don't deny how good things like, you know, guitar, certainly things like guitar rig, which is, to me is like the OG, really, that, you know, that I always remember. That was the one that sort of everyone had. Just for me, it was like, it was, it's just a really, really cool bit of software. Yeah. Yeah, I have been incredibly impressed. I thought, because I know it's the seventh iteration, I understand that, dear listener, but because it was one of the original ones, I almost wrote it off as probably has been outdated by other things. Mm. Um, but it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Some some of the best bluesy guitar sounds wow. I've ever had. I really liked it. But uh, it depends, Matt, like what you do. Like, Do you record ever much? Because like, if you I... have to get ideas down fast, there's nothing better than a plug-in. Well, that, that, is, that is the thing, really. I have made many a promise to myself and then never actually done it. And I keep saying, oh, you just need this or you just need this. And that's always a terrible way to think about it. Um, I guess because I didn't think I'd be here that long. Yeah. Uh, and I say by here, I mean at my parents' house. Yeah, he doesn't mean um, in life. But so I think when I move and I get the new space up, what I want to do is have the cabs mic'd up all the time and yeah. basically everything sort of ready to go. Because quite yeah. re- you know, a couple of times recently, certainly I came back from holiday and I was like, oh man, it's a great sound. I want to record it really quickly. Um, or I just want to be able to record like jams i guess that i i have here and then pull sections out of it and i just then i'm like oh that sounds really good and i'm like oh i should record it and it's like i can't dial the same sound in and a plug in quickly yeah um because sometimes for me certainly ideas come out from the pedals and the sounds of course not- and the pedal board's going to interact differently with plugins than it is a real world amplifier yeah exactly so for me it's more about having a quick and easy way to just always just be able to hit record yeah. quite re- recently i was like oh maybe i'll just buy one of those uh i mean you know roland boss used to make them i think we basically invented that market early on it's like the desktop recorder and get like a br yeah like a br desktop recorder and just have everything in that but i'm like actually if i just mic stuff up and well, dude, the reamp box is going t- just i was gonna do that. say t- tube amp expander where's a craft tube amp expander i know Surely i know the solution i, I mean know, the, but- the, what i have for exactly what you're saying is you can see behind me matt on the uh, on the little video call the boss katana that is via its line out permanently plumbed into one of my channels on my interface yeah so whenever i'm messing around if i think of something i can record that dead quickly and the line outs with the cab sim on the katanas you know, really good. Certainly good enough for any demo ideas for guitar. And the the other side of that, I've got the little boss, the bass cube. Uh, what do they call it? The XL? What the XL? I can't remember. Uh, dual cube LX. 
No, the dual cube was the guitar one. Oh, it's the ba- yeah. Oh, DCBLX. Yeah, something that was it. Yeah, yeah. Catchy name. But um I've got Which that. Which basically that's-, that's well actually it is dual cube base LX, right. but the code is DCBLX. I see. But yeah, that that's also plumbed into another channel just on my interface and uh yeah. Um just Yeah, I think um I think what I want to do is just have because uh, I've got a 57 and I've got an Aston Spirit and I've got this Rode mic which I use and I just want to be able to have like um, a room mic and then a cab mic and then basically right. just be able to hit record really quick like I said mainly for like jam bits and then pull stuff out and I don't know mess around with it afterwards but right. just sort of haven't had the time and I guess it's just down to me to find the time yeah of course um, how much is a tube amp Oh, they are they are about eleven hundred pounds. Go for we talked we talked about it market. for ages, Joe, and then you never I know, you never I know, finished sorting it out. But we I'm talked sorry. about getting two notes at one point, know, didn't I, we? I know, I know. I, that's totally on me. I meant to get you. A, <laughs> I meant to get you a two notes because they're such a lovely, affordable version. But the problem is, I've been doing a bunch of research on impulse responses recently i've been writing right. an article on impulse responses and it's something that has never really interested me that much i've never really you know it's one of those things irs are that thing that it's for metal guys you know i, I don't need an ir i just have a good amp but um actually learning about how that stuff works the how remarkable it is that we're able to capture those perfect sonic recreations of not just mm. cabinets of the entire setup, the rack gear, and that it's not interpretations. It's not like a cab sim is someone taking their best stab at what they think uh, a line of things. So they they want to do a, a four ten orange, a four twelve orange cabinet. Then a cab sim sounds roughly like an orange four twelve cabinet, but not a specific one. Whereas an IR is an actual, you know, scientific, act- accurately sampled digital. Uh, recreation of a particular unit. So the fact that you can have all this amazing gear from vintage gear from studios that's been modelled and captured is absolutely incredible. And mm. so it's made me be like, you know what I want, Boss, Boss, uh, Wazicraft, two band expander because it's the best one. Yeah, and, and it is it is wicked. I I do love that thing. I guess the only problem is. Is if you're running stereo rig, you basically need two of them. Uh, although that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's just a ridiculous problem, realistically. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is why I wanted to have stuff um, mic'd up because then I was like, oh, I could just mic up because I run two amps into one cab. Ah. So I was like, oh, if I just mic that up, but we'll get there eventually. We'll, we'll get, get there eventually. We'll find a way. Indeed. Yeah, we will. How did we get here, Joe? I, I, we sort of ampled into. Mm. We've gone from your dream tele playing a gig of old prog to Telecasters to somehow <laughs> talking about re- recording. Oh, that's it. Guitar Rig Seven. <laughs> um, that was it. Yeah, we were our sponsors. <laughs> our sponsors of this week, Guitar Rig Seven. Yeah, um, it's very good. I've had a great time playing it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think there's certain you could desperate definitely get some inspiration out of plugins and sounds because you can patch things together in a totally different way to how you would patch guitar pedals. And I think that's, you know, again, that's exciting and inspirational in its own way. Absolutely. 
Yeah. But I spent a lot of money on my pedal board, so I should use it, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should. You absolutely should. Well, uh, that we are actually drawing to the end of this week's podcast. Matt and I are going to head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. We're going to talk about some questions of the week, questions and subjects that I've taken from the guitar nerds group on facebook um john by uh was asking about he was saying what's the best guitar you've ever owned it doesn't have to be the most expensive but the one you rated the most uh intrigued to see if there's any sleeper brands so i thought i'd read there's been a bunch of comments on that so i thought i'd read some of those we'll have a look see if, see what's popular and what's not and then maybe talk about our own Moog Gravitz looking for a recommendation on a delay pedal, something off the beaten track. Um, but he's got some price limits there, so we'll have a little look at that. And Keith um, Aitken recently dusted off his original Pod 1. And uh, so maybe we'll talk about, you know, the uh, oh, nice. the forefather of uh, of plugins. Also, That's Andy brilliant. Manley found this amazing website, mydreampartscaster.com. We could talk about some of the incredible stuff on there. Cool. But, Sounds uh, good. Yeah, it does. It does. But yeah, so we're going to head over there. Do join us, dear listener, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You can support this community for as little as a dollar a month. Um, but uh, yes, we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Goodbye. <laughs>you very much you wonderful people thank you especially to our ten dollar top tier patreon backers very soon some of you will be receiving your goodie bags but for now thank you very much to nicholas strong rocket rob patterson marcus deluxe suresh dorsonic pickups rob witherden chris franklin anton fryant russ Meehan, barry gresbick steve davis daniel walker john conaway russell healing yogi the guitarist ty allen kyle harris sean hughes andy hoffler eric hemmer jeffrey wax dan pilver brian einsler dylan griffiths mark is kadawaki eric file peter pesche andy manley joe puttick blake wyland phil radomski Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dore, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Losef, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, JD Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and Moog Gravitt.